Come on in, get your questions in the chat for the next hour or so. We are going to go through everything farmers insurance open related, maybe some other stuff too, whatever you guys want to talk about. I don't really care. If you want to talk about golf, we can talk about that. Talk about anything else. We can talk about that too. Uh, tonight, 8, 15 p.m. Eastern time, there will be another live chat. That's a power hour with myself and Joe Idoni at Tour Picks uh, going through Jock Market, which is, we'll talk about them in a few minutes. They they uh, sponsor this show, the power hour. It's, it's phenomenal stuff. People winning a ton of money. I love it. I enjoy it. Love the concept. We'll talk about them, but get those questions in. We will jump through this. Um, let's get started. Why, why, why wait? Why wait? Dave would like to know, are the ownership projections updated on the cheat sheet daily or done Wednesday evening? Uh, so Dave, which I assume he is referring to this right here. Hopefully you can see my screen. All right. Uh, the cheat sheet on rickrungood.com, which is where you're going to see uh, all the tools that I use rickrungood.com. It's where they're at. Um, so Dave, uh, it depends. The answer is it depends. So usually I get the first crack at ownership out. Tuesday evening, sometimes, uh, often Wednesday mornings, depending on, on the, on the information that's out there. If there are significant changes throughout the week, I will update them again, uh, as necessary. It's not always necessary. So, uh, I will, I, I might run them again here in the next hour or two. I don't know what's going to come out of it, but, uh, if they're significant enough, I'll, I'll publish the changes. Um, and then there's a follow-up question here from Dave. Are the ownership projections published publicly or only for the chosen few? I'm assuming chosen few, meaning, uh, members of rickrungood.com. So I guess that's the answer. It's on the cheat sheet, which is on rickrungood.com. T money says, Hey, Rick, hope all is well. You too, T money. Can you take a look at, uh, Kaplan, Sebastian Kaplan, and how much is too much uh, remaining salary in your opinion, I tend to try to come close to the max and it's probably worked against me. So sure. While I pull up, uh, Sebastian here on the, um, on the cheat sheet, or excuse me, on the, on the Holy grail, which allows you to kind of look at all different types of metrics that you want. Um, we can talk about salary and leaving money on the table. I'm a big proponent of leaving money on the table. Uh, it is not basketball where guys play to their averages, constantly and you are leaving fantasy points on the table by leaving money on the table. Well, historically, and, and almost every single week, I will tweet out what the optimal lineup is. The optimal lineup is rarely anywhere close to $50,000. Even leaving 49500 49400 uh, it not only makes you much more likely to be unique, that it if you're trying to win a, um, a big tournament, it allows you to get to a, a unique lineup, potentially win it all by yourself, have a little bit of leverage. You don't have to worry about ownership as much because you're going to have a unique lineup and you're not leaving that many fantasy points on the table. So I, I encourage you to do so. I don't think there's ever enough. I mean, like I, I, I'd happily spend $49,000 if I was comfortable with that team and leave a thousand dollars on the table. Now in regards to Sebastian Kaplan, uh, what I see, and these are of course measured events, but I also have his non-measured results in here as well. What I see is a, a golfer who really struggles ball striking, right? I mean, looking at his approach numbers, looking at his ball striking numbers, which is approach plus off the tee, he is losing consistently every single week. I don't know what happened at the three M open. He lost 11 strokes, uh, in two rounds. That's pretty ugly, but this is a, a very dangerous game to play around Tory Pines. And we can talk about Tory Pines more, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a bit, uh, but this is, this is a tough game to play team money. So I probably out on, on Sebastian for me, Lucas, welcome. Uh, good call on answer. One and done pick 30 person, one and done league. We pick two golfers each at the players in the major. So don't want to use Rom and Rory this week. Thoughts on Scott Palmer, English, someone else. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go up, uh, end up with Palmer here. And, and, and I, uh, for the first time in a long time, at this chat, don't know who I'm going to play in one and done yet. It's probably going to end up being Ryan Palmer. The concerns at the top are either uh, too big of a concern for me, or I I'm happy to just play John Rahm and Rory McIlroy and Xander and those guys later in the season. So I'm probably going to go with Palmer. If you want to roll out Palmer in English this week, thrilled with it. If you want to roll out someone who has, you know, like a Billy Horschel as your second man or a Jason day as your second man, because of, of the course history and stuff like that. Cool with it. All good. That's probably where I would go. Uh, Denver 
Denver Timmy, welcome. Will Xander make your core? Uh, absolutely not. No. Uh, you know, I um, and I can pull up the ownership here for you because you asked about a pivot in the 10K range. So I have Xander at about 14%. So in theory, Xander is the pivot in the 10K range, right? The pivot from Tony Finau, Xander is the pivot. Uh, now, the course history is super concerning. And if you guys are watching this and you're like, Rick, you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? You're not a big course history guy. You're right. I'm not. Uh, but the data says that course history and course results and previous results are more important at Torrey Pines than a lot of places. You know, there is such a consistency year over year between the field and the conditions and things like that, that you really have to look at course history for this week. And, and Xander uh, is brutal. And, and for that reason, he's not going to make my my core, I, I will probably sprinkle him just a little bit. But if you're looking for someone different in the 10K range, I mean, Patrick Reed, right? Uh, Patrick Reed's really interesting. And I um, I actually like Patrick Reed for first round leader bets this week. Go check your book. Go check your books and see if, um, see if they distinguish between the North and the South course. Because the North course historically has played about two and a half strokes easier. That's what it played last year. Go find guys who have an early morning North course tea time. That is where I think your edge is at. So Patrick Reed, first round leader. I think he's, um, if they do break it up, I, I saw he was 20 to one on William Hill for North course, first round leader. But remember, this is Poana. These greens grow throughout the day. They bud. It, it gets, it's almost like bumper cars uh, later in the day. It just, everything bounces off these little buds throughout the, throughout the green. So uh, early North course tee times is where I would be targeting my first round leaders and, and Patrick Reed fits that mold. Will Jason Day play all four rounds? If I knew that uh, I, and I could predict the future, I, I certainly would have, I don't know, maybe got the lotto numbers for the, for the billion dollar mega millions the other night. Um, I don't know. I think that you have to give the guy the benefit of the doubt that he's had how many weeks off? I mean, we haven't seen him since the RSM. So it's been a while that he's healthy, fit, ready to rock and roll. It's going to be chilly in the mornings uh, at, at Tory this week. You know, it's going to be 40, 50 degrees in the morning. It'll obviously warm up throughout the day, which is not always great on the back, but I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here. He hasn't played a lot of golf or at least competitive golf recently. He's pro probably been keeping the body in shape. All good. Joey says, uh, what do you make of Brooks coming off of two missed cuts? Let's pull up Brooks's numbers here. Um, and and I, I have a pretty strong opinion about, about Brooks. And it looks something like this. Uh, for DFS purposes, I'm not touching him. Y y I don't think you can conceivably roster Brooks in DFS. Now... I already bet him as an outright. Let me tell you that. So they're they're completely different because in you know in outrights I don't care if he finishes seventh. I don't care if he finishes seventeenth, seventy seventh, one hundred seventh. I don't care if he doesn't finish first. I lose. He has more win equity than a lot of his peers, but he also has a lot of missed cut equity. That's what you're seeing right here. Missed cuts at the American Express at Mayakoba, like losing losing on approach at the American Express. Get out of town. That's crazy. So I I could never get him in a DFS lineup uh, or like a single entry or something like that, right? Or a core. Uh, but I do love an outright bet on him. I got him at 36 to one. That is much too long for a guy who tends to play better on more difficult golf courses. And maybe just maybe a little extra motivation when uh, he splits with his swing coach this, this week, or at least the news became public this week. Apparently he did it before. Dylan talks about the weather, weather looking calm on Thursday uh, with wind and raining on Friday, is it preferable to be on the North course or the South course vice versa? Okay. So, um, I, I, I looked this up once I'm pretty sure what you want to do is in theory, you want to play the easiest course on the easiest day. So if you are getting rain, getting wind, you'd prefer to play the South course that day, which would be Friday, the North course on Thursday. Also, this is kind of a meaningless trend, but I think the last couple of winners have started on the North course. Probably nothing. It is probably noise. It is probably, 
uh, doesn't have anything to do with the actual rotation, but just, just throwing that out there. But I believe you want to play the easiest course, give your best chance to go shoot something really, really low, take advantage of it. Patrick Rogers as last man in your lineup. Um, that's a question question from Clinton. Probably not for me. We can, we can pull up Patrick Rogers here. You know, he was such a sweetheart, um, during the fall, the fall schedule, now he's $6,800. And you can see why, I think I understand why you're going here, Clint, is because it's these off the tee numbers, right? I mean, this is this is when I wanted to play him. And I was playing him at Punta Cana and I was playing him at Sanderson and I was playing him in here because he was coming off weeks of really elite, really good off the tee stats. Um, now he was terrible with the irons. Now that's kind of normalized a bit and he's getting better with his irons, but he doesn't have that weapon off the tee anymore. So now he's just like, like, what is he? He doesn't have any one real skill set. He's just kind of floating out here in the abyss. I, I, I don't, I won't get there. I won't get there. Siwoo's ball striking stats were incredible. Best of any winners so far in 2021. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So this is pretty cool. So this is what I like about the Holy grail. So let's just do, uh, let's just sort by ball striking. Let's get rid of Patrick Rogers. Let's do 2021. And we'll see that. Um, let's see here. Siwoo's not even. Oh, because he also has three rounds too. That's kind of the little tricky situation here. So here's here's Siwoo at. Oh, here's Siwoo at the American Express. So Siwoo gained nearly 10 strokes um, ball striking. That's in three rounds. That's pretty crazy. So there, there's guys who have done better than that. None of them have won. Look at Sam Burns at Houston. That's crazy. Uh, none of them have won, and they're in four rounds. So really, yes, in 2021, these are the best ball striking stats by any winner. And it's crazy because he only did it in three measured rounds. What if we add two more years in here? Oh, yeah, Brooks at, Brooks at the PGA, Corey Connors at Valero. So there are some winners that have been better than that. But yeah, pretty cool. Uh, but in, in terms of the question... Um, is it a is it a fade? Well, uh, we can look up Siwoo uh, individually here, and we can kind of see what he has done after having really good ball striking weeks. Does he tend to continue to keep it going? Let's find out. Um, so the last time he gained nine, Wyndham, he played okay. Gained four at the Northern Trust. He does seem to get into stretches where for four or five weeks in a row, he can have really good ball striking weeks. Now, uh, you'd argue that the opposite side of that, travelers to rocket mortgage, that's not very good. So he's probably not going to get in my lineups so much, JG, just because of um, now the now the increased price and it's just kind of awkward a little bit, but I wouldn't mind it. He's He's a pretty streaky player. Why am I fading Hideki? Um, am I fading Hideki? Are you asking if I should come up with a reason why I'm fading Hideki? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty lukewarm on him, right? I'm just kind of like, whatever. I'm not sure if I uh, dislike him or I really love him, but he's $9,200. I think he's fairly priced. He's coming in at 18% ownership. I think that's going to be uh, about fair. He's had some good rounds here. He's had some 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 bad rounds here. He's had a couple of good finishes recently. He's had a couple of bad finishes recently. I think I am just I'm just right on I'm Goldilocks on uh, on on Hideki. No problem there. What is Xander's ownership? Um, I have met fourteen point eight percent. How big of a factor is jet lag? Considering these guys have felt with dealt with jet lag for the majorities of their career. Yeah, it's a good question, John. So it is probably overblown a bit. You know, I, I'm assuming this this is coming from. Rory uh, flying back from Dubai. So it is probably overblown a bit. These guys, like they're not sitting in coach. I understand that. Uh, they deal with this. But historically, if you look at the numbers, some of the guys, this is a rare trip to make. Not a lot of guys do this. I think Dustin Johnson has done it from Dubai to Farmers. Uh, Patrick Reed, I think, has done it. I think Rory might have, I don't think Rory's ever done it the back the next week. I could be wrong on that. But the results historically for the top players have not been good. Now, you could say it's a small sample and it uh, could be a million other things, and I would agree with you. I'm just telling you, the results aren't that great. Jason Kokrak ate, ate an entire bag of Doritos on stream with Pat Perez last night. Last time he did that, he won his first PGA tournament. There you go. There's some inside information. Uh, will you be sleeping on... Neesmith again this week. He's 42nd in driving accuracy right behind Rom. 31st in strokes gained off the tee. 40th in strokes gained approach and a neutral putter. Um, I'm fine with that. Am I, do I sleep on Matthew Neesmith? Is it, is it possible to sleep on a guy who's 
missed three of his last four cuts. He's fine. Yeah, the stats are the stats are fine. He's gonna pop off and have weeks like RSM. Um, it's probably a better spot here than most, but I'm not sure. I'm again. I've I have very little opinion on on Matthew Neesmith. With the course being so long, do you think it's a good strategy to go with guys who are long ball and decent at putting? Uh, yeah. So so let's talk about putting because this this is a really weird week for me. Uh, it's a weird week for me because I don't usually like course history, and this is a course history week. I don't really like putters and this is a putting week. So when I, uh, when I ran the numbers and I do this at every single tournament and I can pull this up for you on the course key stats, I showed this on Monday, uh, strokes gain putting is essentially the most important stat at, uh, at Torrey Pines. And it makes sense because these greens, and I can tell you from experience are very difficult. There, there are nuances, everything, things go towards the water that look like they have no business going towards the water. Um, the Poana greens as they bud throughout the day are very difficult. In fact, there have been more missed putts inside of five feet inside of 10 feet. And I think the second most putts missed inside of 15 feet here than any course on the PGA tour. So there are going to be short putts missed. So being a really good putter, being able to not let a short four footer throw you off your game is really important. And we've seen that right. Snedeker day, um, uh, Leishman got hot with the putter and won this thing. I mean, it's just, it really does translate here. So yeah, that's long and, and being able to putt. If you can find that, let's do it. Do you think Corey Connors is being overlooked this week? Asked Clark. Um, yeah, he did. So he he went through a stretch where he was bad, and then he started to figure it out again at the end of 2020 there a little bit. So anytime you get a ball striker like a Corey Connors and a guy who can't putt, you're not going to get much of a argument from me. This is the really good part about Corey Connors. Look at this ball striking. I mean, that is dating back to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. The guy has lost strokes ball striking once, once and barely. Uh, that's a great sign. Obviously, the putter stinks. Now, he's been better with the putter, right? He hasn't lost more than a single stroke putting over the course of his last five measured events. So if he figured something out there, Clark, if he's figured that out and he is now a neutral putter or even a small negative, watch out because Corey Connors is going to be an absolute animal. Real quick, Jock Market is not only the sponsor of this show, but also just a, a, a great idea, right? I mean, they became a sponsor of this because I enjoyed playing it so much and I kept talking about it and we were able to work out a deal, right? This is it, this is different than than a lot of other sponsorship opportunities where people ask to, for you to talk about them. Um, they are killing it right now. I saw them on Yahoo Finance like two days ago. They are stock market DFS. They're going to have a lot of cool stuff for the Super Bowl. They have a cash market for this week and every week on the PGA Tour. So you can literally invest in golfers as stocks uh, which is a phenomenal idea and watch their progress buy sell over the course of the tournament. And I actually have a dashboard. It's free on rickrungood.com. And you can look at what happened last week. So you're talking about ROI. And I know, I know the stock market is, is uh, big on Twitter right now because of, of GameStop and everything else that's going on. But I mean, look at some of these returns from last week at the American express, Michael Thompson, Closed IPO at $2.41. He paid out $14 a share four days later, $11.59 profit per share. Siwoo Kim closed at $6.05. His final payout was $25. So this is the epitome of buy low, sell high. So a lot of these really cheap golfers, Michael Thompson, Doug Gim, Chase Seifert, Siwoo Kim, Ryan, Paul, Ryan Armour, excuse me, from last week, I mean, they're returning uh, just dollars and dollars, you know, just, just uh, hundreds of, of percent ROI. It's, it's unbelievable stuff. And I really like targeting those golfers in the jock market. So I encourage you to check it out. If you want to learn more, you can watch the live chat with, with Joe Idonia and myself tonight at 8, 15 PM Eastern time on the Rick run good YouTube channel. Or if you're ready to rock and roll and you're ready to sign up, use the code power 20. It is a $20 deposit bonus, which last week would have bought you like three more shares of Siwoo Kim, which would have been very, very profitable and very, very cool. TJ's in the chat. What up, TJ? Uh, hey, Rick, from what I understand last year, this is a course you want to be long and straight, hence the 7,700 yards and thick rough. Isn't that exactly what Burns is? Why is he not popular like last week? Let me tell you why he is not popular. It is because he was one of the most popular golfers last week and he shot an opening round 77. Uh, that is unfortunately 
the facts. Uh, the majority of people will just never forgive Sam Burns for that, right? And I am easy to forgive and forget. So I I agree with you. Uh, I assume I assume you're playing him. Um, let me pull this up really quickly. So here's his round by round last week. This is on the Holy Grail. So we that 77 that he shot, we don't have shot link data on it. So I don't know how bad it was. I mean, it was his first round in over two months. I'm willing to say it was rust. He comes back in round two and gains three, three strokes, ball striking gains around the greens gains off the tee. He was phenomenal. I think he made two Eagles in that round. I, I think we should go back to Sam Burns and actually watch this. I bet you I'm going rogue here. I don't usually like to go rogue. I will bet you his round uh, let's get rid of Sam Burns here. It was probably one of the better rounds of the week. Let's see this ball striking. Kind of. So Sam Burns second round was a top 18 ish round of the week, maybe top 15 of the entire week. A guy who missed the cut. Uh, you know, Scott Stallings had a really good one. Grayson Murray had a really good one. Those are the only two guys who missed the cut. Siwoo Kim in there. Like it, Sam Burns' second round was on par with Siwoo's fourth round. Siwoo won the golf tournament. Put that into perspective, okay? Oh, man, I just lost my spot. I'm scrolling back up. Um, I'll do this one. Uh, First of all, Chris, thank you for the super chat. Much appreciated. So if you could play one Aussie, who would it be? Great question. So I would probably just uh, rule out Leishman. Um, that leaves us with, I guess, who else? Cam Smith, uh, Adam Scott, Jason day, Adam Scott concerns me because of the putting numbers, right? If he's, if he's, if it's going to go bad, like, like I think Adam Scott's floor is really, really low. Um, that leaves me with Smith and Jason day. I'm a bit partial to Jason day because of the course history stuff, but you could get me on Smith. So I'd probably rank them day and Smith really close. Adam Scott in a tier by himself, Leishman at the bottom. That's the way I would do it. Again, thanks again for the super chat. Much appreciated. Um, cheap chalk looks to be John Huh and Luke List. Are you eating the chalk? If not, what are your favorite pivots around the 7K? Uh, I won't. I probably won't play List. John Huh is interesting, but I, I might pivot to John Hahn. He's $7,100 if you could get in on that. Um, I also don't mind Russell Knox, right? Russell Knox is a popper. Uh, four of his last six finishes have been inside the top 25. He missed the two cuts in the other two. That is a bit concerning. And then, of course, I am going right back to Kramer Hickok, right back to the guy. First in strokes gain off the tee last week, fifth the week before. Arguably, this place requires you to be better off the tee than those last two events that he played. So I'm going back to, to Hickok. What up, my peeps? Let's get it. That's right. Um... Trevor wants to know about CH3 and a top 20. Yeah, I mean, it's fine, right? His his numbers here are insane. Um, I, I'd have to pull it up because it goes back so far, but he's played here like 17 times. He's made the cut 17 times. I think he has eight top 10s. Uh, he's coming off of a missed cut last week, which kind of keeps his price and his ownership and all that stuff in check. But this is, this is CH3 season. If you're ever going to play him, now's the time. Um. Phil popping up his top value. Yeah, that's it's a flaw. Listen, I mean, Phil, Phil's Phil used to be really nice because he made a lot of birdies and all that stuff. And, and, and obviously good history around Tory, but not going to happen for me. Stack six guys playing the North course for Thursday showdown. Any chance Friday gets rained out, negating the weather course stacks for full contest. I don't know about that. Um, you know, weather changes so often right there on the coast. And, and there are a lot of things that can delay. And I'll tell you, we were there, my wife and I were there last year and that Marine layer rolls in in the morning. And sometimes it just hangs three hours, four hours, five hours. We were like six Mai Tais deep before play even started. We're just waiting for this Marine layer to burn off. So that is something that even outside of rain could impact this stuff. So I think it's very, very dangerous game, especially on the coast, especially in La Jolla to start, um, trying to predict weather. I think that's a losing battle, but if you're playing showdown, uh, yeah, I would certainly love the guys on the North course, which leads me into this question. Jonathan Bell, uh, go get early tea times on the North course for first round leader. Projected ownership for Gary Woodland and Corey Connors. Um, I have I have Gary Woodland at. Let's see, where is he? Um, 
17% and I have Corey Connors at 12%. Which one would I rather play? Woodland and less Connors is like twice as owned. So if it comes in at 17 and 12, I'd probably still take Woodland. If this gets closer to 20 and 10, I'd probably take Connors. Emmett wants to elaborate on the thought process behind Brooks Kepka. Yeah, it's the idea that and and playing him in playing him in in uh in an outright but not in in DFS. Listen, he can provide a lot of value in DFS if he plays four rounds, if he makes an eagle, uh if he gets on a little birdie streak and he finishes T7, right? There's so much missed cut equity and downside and floor to Brooks Kepka that I'm too scared to put him in a DFS lineup, but I think he's kind of like a barbell, right? Where a lot of his results are going to be over here on the, on the far good side. And a lot of his results are going to be over here on the far bad side. And he's not going to have a lot of stuff in the middle. Well, the middle is like all your DFS results. Uh, I'd I prefer to get him in a situation where he either wins or misses the cut as opposed to trying to get him to, to finish somewhere in the middle. Have you punched the like button? Good question. Go do it. Um, Rick, I know you're a big numbers guy. That is true. Uh, based off your head to head tool, Xander is heavily favored over Finau and Finau should be plus 175, but is only plus 110. I, uh, still thinking of, of, of taking it. Yeah. I think that that since June is a hair on the small side of the samples, um, which would be a bit concerning that that is why that number I think is, is, is a bit volatile. I think it's a hair close closer than that uh but i wouldn't blame you right i i certainly wouldn't blame you ryan palmer good chalk or bad chalk historically good right we can pull him up here real quick on the golfer profiles which by the way every time i click golfer profiles what i tend to do is i usually have last week's winner here as the default is this the best headshot ever siwoo looks like a damn hero, a superhero. This is unbelievable. I love this. Um, it makes me so happy to look at. Here's Ryan Palmer, which is what the question is actually about. He has been on a stretch of incredible value recently. Uh, double digit returns in that department. Uh, he's been phenomenal. When I ran the numbers for the 2020 calendar year, he was like, the best value median result golfer there was. So historically, it's been good. Um, Sam said, I subbed in December. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for all your tools. You pre previously mentioned interview transcripts for the PGA. Where are those found? I get them from the media site. So I don't know if they are made public. Um, I get them from the media site because of, CBS sports and my relationship with the PGA tour and all that good stuff. So unfortunately, Sam, I don't know. Actually, there is a website. It's like golfscripts.com or something like that. Golf transcripts. Now I'm just Googling on the live chat. Um, I'm going to have to find it. I don't remember the name of it, but there is a public one out there. I will. I'll try to find the answer to that. I'll, I'll see if I can tweet that out, Sam. Since Finau can't break through, what place does he have to finish to provide value at 10,700? Interesting. So if you want to say, it's not so much about, I guess it is about the finishing position, but it's also about um, how many birdies and he's going to make along the way. So let's say we want to get him at nine times value. So nine times value on 10.7. So 10.7 times nine, 96 fantasy points. Okay. So 96 fantasy points. If we look at his results, he gets 96, uh, one, two, three, three times in his last six. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to get there. Uh, he's got to get to 96 fantasy points is what I would say, which is probably like T7 with a birdie streak or two. That's probably where he's got to get to. Is Rom's health worrisome? Uh, kind of, but also kind of not, right? Like he's he's not going to play if he's not ready to go. I think the idea of this injury that he had working out last week is kind of hairy anyway. So, um no. I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm more worried about his clubs than I am about the injury, if that makes sense. Still making that switch to to TaylorMade. Or to uh to Callaway, excuse me, from TaylorMade. Um oh, this is a good question. So, putting numbers on Poa 
another thing that I love about the Holy Grail here. So we can go back and we can look up in this field, best putters on POA. So let's just do this. So in this field, best putters on POA. Um, and we can go back. I mean, we could, I guess we could just do the full five years or whatever, and we can see who the best putters are. We can look for guys who have enough rounds. Now, Michael Kim, certainly not playing him, but he's a pretty good putter on POA. KH Lee, 15 rounds. Okay, here we go. Cam Smith. So maybe this breaks the Cam Smith tie with, with Jason Day. Cam Smith on POA has been awesome. Big sample size. Uh, the, the best numbers in this field of guys putting on POA. And I normally, I think a lot of weeks, the surface is overblown because we have a lot of hybrids on tour. We have a lot of, you know, like it's just, it's overblown, but this week where poet poet is such a unique feature and a difficult feature. I like to look at it. Um, uh, Kevin, thank you. Keep up, keep up the great work with the super chat. Much, much appreciated there. Thank you very much. It goes a long way. Um, I'm not trying to steal company secrets, but on your cheat sheet, what are the D DK projections based off of? Yeah, uh, guys, I, I'm like the most transparent guy in the entire industry, right? Like that is literally how I started this channel is because, um, <laughs> everyone was so secretive and I just wanted to uh, get information from others and share it with others. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the DK projections at this point, it has gotten, fairly deep. What it is it, without boring your ear off for the next 35 minutes is um, a combination, a weighted combination of long-term and short-term fantasy results. Uh, it also looks at course history when available. So if there's no course history, it's obviously not going to penalize a guy for that. And then it also looks at um, essentially one standard deviation in either direction. So you're talking about a floor and you're talking about a ceiling because some guys are very consistent. Some guys are much more volatile. That's why I provide a floor. I provide a ceiling so that you can kind of get an idea. Uh, if, if we want to set aside an hour, I'm happy to talk more in depth about it, but that's generally the, the gist of it. Um, TJ with a good question. As always, the guy who has grown on me as the week went on and the guy that I like the least, um, as we've gone on here. So this is a good question. Cause I get a lot of, I do a lot of stuff on Monday. So we'll do a lot of stuff on Tuesday. I think that um, Harris English is probably growing on me. Uh, he has been in a phenomenal run, obviously. Victorious at the Tournament of Champions. Uh, followed it up with a, a, a pretty sour week at, at Wiley where he still made the cut, and I'm willing to give him a pass for that. Uh, he's just so solid and, and priced in a, in a place that if I wanted to start my lineups there, I really, really could. A guy that I'm losing a bit of of on is is Wolfie. So I um, you know, I liked him to win last week. The issue I'm having with him is this. And I'll pull up his results and I'll go by tournament. And let's look up Wolf here. His weapon is not a weapon right now. Uh, the last four measured events that we have for him, he's lost a ton off the tee, a ton off the tee. I don't know what he did at the Masters because we don't have shot link, but he missed the cut. And then he was a neutral player off the tee. He's in big trouble if he's a neutral player off the tee, especially at Torrey Pines and especially because his around the green game stinks. And this is a place you can get in some really awkward spots. Um, I'm getting more concerned about Matthew Wolf the more we go on. If he misses a fairway, I think he's in in big time trouble. Greg, welcome. Thank you, sir. Um, have I tried snake drafts yet on DraftKings? No, not yet. I will get around to that for sure. Could the lack of fans uh, positively affect Xander? I think it's, I don't know if it's lack of fans as much as it is like lack of, yeah, I guess maybe it's lack of fans, lack of like tournament infrastructure, right? I mean, he's used to playing this like when I would play it, go out there and just bop it around nothing in your sight lines. It's not going to be like that, but yeah, it, it might help. It might put him in a comfort zone a little bit. Anyone under seven uh, K that you're comfortable with for sure. Uh, Hickok is, is I, I'm, I'm right back on Hickok. Like loved him last week, finished 21st. Uh, I think this is an even better spot for him. If he, if he is in the top five off the tee again this week, one, I'll be impressed. And two, he's in for a really, really good week. Uh, outside of that, Oh boy. There seems to be a lot of love for Matthew. Neesmith. 
I'm not. Oh, Richie Warinsky's okay. I like Warinsky. He's coming off a top 25. He won last year. Don't forget that. Barbasol or Barracuda. I confused them. One of them. Barbasol, I think it was. Uh, those are probably my two favorite plays down there. Natalie wants to know about weather and windy, wet weather. And Natalie, congratulations. You have just set off uh, a soapbox soapbox issue for me. And I actually got an email about this today. And somebody said, hey, are you... Um, do you have wind data? The answer is yes. I've never released it because I don't believe in it. I don't trust it. The issue is you can have a day in the past and say, okay, it was an average of 23 miles an hour wind on the third round of the farmer's insurance open. And here are the guys who played well that week. They must, or that day, they must play really well in windy conditions. That could not be further from the truth. Truth. They could, that's possible. But also what about gusts? right? What about guys who get gusted? What about guys who are, who the wet, the wind kicked up when they were on the more exposed holes on the golf course? What about the guys who had a left to right wind all day? And they like that because they hit their ball right to left. It is just the, it is the data is so noisy. I don't even like presenting it because I don't even want to put my name behind it. I don't want anybody to be like, Oh, Rick says these guys play good in the wind. I would not No, I'd be like, here's the data have at it. So no. The uh, sports book. Okay. Yeah. Some, some, some sports books are going to separate the courses for first round leaders. Some are not. Uh, I've noticed that some will not some will though. Uh, so yeah. So in, in, so to go along with, with the POA budding throughout the day, um, am I purposely targeting early golfers for sure? Yeah, for sure. Now you're not going to get that luxury as the week goes on. Right. But for like showdown stuff for, um, first round leader, for things like that. Yeah, for sure. Don't forget to hit, hit the like button. It takes two seconds. That's right. Are we going to see the top 10 Rory before the shutdown? So if you guys caught any of this, so in Dubai last week, God, Rory was so frustrating because for two rounds, he shot the round of the day. Think about that. And he still didn't win the golf tournament because the other two, he was even par. Uh, he, the flashes of brilliance this guy gave us were peak Rory. He just can't put it together for four rounds. I think we're getting close though, Aaron. I appreciate the comment. <clears throat> uh, KH Lee. No, I'm probably not KH Lee kind of guy. Uh, could it be a Denny McCarthy week with the emphasis on putting? I hope so, man. I, I, I thought he was really turning the corner and, and figuring it out. And then things kind of went awry for him and uh, he missed the cut again last week. And it's just, it's just, really bad. Actually, I could pull up. It's only one round. I don't want to, I was going to see what his, what his putting numbers were and what his numbers were last week, but it's only one round. I don't even want to put that hex on him. Um, in the $200 single entry, are you playing a more balanced stars and scrubs or hybrid? So again, for the first time, I don't have my lineup in yet. Um, I've not decided this has been a really tough week for me. I've not, usually by the time we get to this, I already have my lineups locked in. I already have my, um, one and done stuff in. I think if you made me make a lineup right now, I would probably, I think it's going to have either Rom or Rory in it. Uh, so it won't necessarily be full stars and scrubs. It'll have a star and then probably five other guys in like the low sevens or seven and 7,500, something like that. I just, I don't know. This has been a really tough week for me. Um, so Gabriel, good question. I, I, we can talk about this tonight in the live chat. So he's asking about jock market, uh, and what jock bar jock bots are. This is a good question. And it's one that needs to be addressed. I should, uh, I would normally defer you to the guys at jock market for this, but here's, here's how it works because we're on the forefront right now. And when I say we, I mean, users, right. Of playing jock market, the markets are not as liquid but they are getting more and more liquid. Like it took them four months to have the first million dollars traded. It took them 23 days to have the second million dollars traded. I imagine it's going to be even shorter for the third million. So these markets are getting more liquid. The jock bots are in the cash market to bid golfers to the fair value. So fair value is being determined by essentially betting odds. And like, you know, if, if Rory's average, uh, finish is going to be like 10, 10.2. His fair value might be $8. So the jock bots 
are collectively just kind of with 144 golfers, kind of just moving everybody in the right direction. Uh, rarely do, do they become troublesome or they're not going to get into a bidding war with you, but they are moving guys closer to fair value. Now, the key here, Gabriel, is that they are the jock bots themselves run at a loss. That should be advertised more. They run at a loss. So they're not even going to get these golfers up to full fair value. They're going to like still give you plenty of wiggle room on fair value. Uh, it, it's it's a way to liquefy the market a little bit. And also, I think they should not be called bots. I think bots has a bad uh, negative connotation to it. And I think they should be called jock something else's. I don't know. But that's that's the way that I understand them. Thoughts on uh, Finau and a one and done. Oh man. Um, good course history. Long enough, straight enough. Can't putt. Probably won't win. I'm okay with it. I think it's okay. I don't love it. Um, you know, you could probably save him for, I don't know, waste management. Uh, I'm okay. I guess I'm more okay with it than that because he doesn't have like a really natural spot. Right. So, I think it's fine. I'm just I'm just so off Tony Finau at this point. Ooh, watermelon or cantaloupe? Easy. Watermelon. Does, any, does anybody say cantaloupe to this? No way, right? This is like seeing a great week from, oh yeah, we're going to get the Rom Palmer connection. Let's go, baby. Who do you like in the 6K range? Talked about that. Uh, Warinsky and Hickok are probably my two favorites. Do you have stats on who plays the South course best? So funny you ask, Drew. Uh, in theory, if you go to the Holy Grail and just search the Farmers Insurance Open by rounds, uh, you're only going to get South course data because that's where Shot Link is. So watch this. So if we do Farmers Insurance Open field and we do Farmers Insurance Open as the filter. And we sort by what do you want to do? Just strokes gain total. Uh, here's your guys, Charles. How this is this is dating back to 2015. So Charles How the third, uh, the best guy with a large sample, 2.73 strokes gained per round. JB Holmes has been great. John Rahm obviously. Finau, Snedeker, Jason Day, Phil Leishman, Hideki. Those are your guys. So uh, because there is only shot link data at the South Course, you should go there. Uh, I've answered a lot of these, which is good because I've got a lot to get through. Have you seen Ricky's new $2,500, uh, Cobra blades? No, I haven't send them my way. Uh, yes, Milton. I do like Russell Knox. I mentioned him. I called him a popper. Are you all in on Cameron champ as a leverage play against chalk woodlands? No, I'm not all in on that. Champ's a sprayer, right? I mean, he's, you got to keep it in the fairway. I'm a bit concerned about that. What has he done? Let's look. Let's look. Cam Champ, $7,900. Uh, coming off a missed cut. So he missed a cut here two years ago. He finished 16th. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't think this is a champ spot. I think champ spots are actually like club down kind of spots. Actually, good. it would be Woodland and Champ both club down very well. But no, I, I'm not all in on Cam Champ as a leverage play. Ooh, love the show, Rick. Smash or yes, just you can just delicately touch the like button. That's fine. You could just or you could just like smack it or like nudge it or like elbow it. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want. Is Brady the goat? Yes or yes, dude. He's got to be right. The guy, like the fact that he's got to be. I read a stat that he's played in more Super Bowls than every franchise except the Patriots, which obviously he played for. Uh, he's played in like. 18% of all Super Bowls, it's wild. And he's 40-whatever, and he still throws it around there, man. Yeah, um, I, I'll tell you, I mean, I guess I guess the sharp betters are going with the Chiefs. I am certainly not a sharp uh, NFL handicapper. I, something sneaky about these bucks. Something sneaky. Is the North Course much easier? Yes, about two and a half strokes last year. It used to be a lot more. It used to be a lot easier. They, they uh, Tom Weiskopf did a redesign in 16, I think. And now they have the undertow. It is a three-hole stretch. It kicks my butt every time. A three-hole stretch on the north course. I think it's uh, two, number two, three, and four. But 
for the tournament, it might be 11, 12, and 13. Some, I, I can't remember if they flipped the nines. What, they used to flip the nines, and then I think they permanently changed them. I don't know. But the North Course is easier, but a lot harder than it used to be. This was a good question. I lost it, though. Hold on. Let me find this again. Um, oh, my God. It was, it was a good question. Who is the GameStop equivalent this week? So the pumped the pumped up guy that – so let's look at projected ownership. So let's call it the pumped up guy who is certainly going to uh, uh, screw everybody here at some point. Um, it's probably Ryan Palmer, right? Ryan Palmer. I mean, the other, the other expensive guys are the other, the other highly owned guys are, are like Finau, Rom, Rory. Like those are all blue chip guys. So the penny stock Palmer is, yeah, that's probably the GameStop equivalent this week. Good question. Kramer Hickok. Yes. Gary Woodland. Yes. Wolf for the win, man. It's tough. I hope so. I don't see it, but I hope so. Betting Brooks to win. Me too. I have him. What is wrong with Doc? Struggle City recently. Yeah. Uh, hasn't been able to put it together. We'll keep a close eye on him. Oh, boy. Wow. Eric Patterson called me rich. He did fix it later. High definition. You know, here's a funny story. Uh, Eric and I met for the first time at this event last year. One year ago yesterday, I think. Epat, welcome. I skipped over your question. Sorry. I get a lot of them. Uh, if I answer it, I sometimes skip it. Throw it back at the bottom. Maybe I'll get back to it. Is Molinari back? Maybe. Uh, I was heavily invested last week. That paid off. I don't think this is necessarily a great spot for him. I think it's an okay spot for him. I think he's missed the cut twice in the last four years. I think he has a top 15. I, I, I think he might be back, especially when compared to his 2020, 2020 was brutal. Uh, but I'm not sure this is all that great a spot for him. Did yes. Oh yes, Eric. I did this, this link soul Yeti make par, not war, uh, courtesy of Eric Patterson, who is Canadian and apparently shipping is difficult. And he had a gift card and sent it to me. So I got this and a hat. Epat. Thank you very much. What's Gooch's ownership. Oh boy. I've not gotten a Taylor Gooch question yet. Um, 10.7. I have them right here, 10.7. So probably 15th or 20th on the ownership number. Um, can we get tea times on the cheat sheet? Uh, yeah, we did used to have AM, PM, didn't we? I've, re I've redone this so many times and added a bunch of different views and real estate is certainly difficult. Uh, where can we get tea times and course? Good question. PGA Tours website, I should probably add it to the cheat sheet. Uh, I will make a note of that. Uh, thank you for hopping in, Tyler. Much appreciated. If you want to take Rom and McElroy in the same lineup, oh, doggy. Who, which 6K guy, guys would you take? So how many do you need? Uh, and, it's, and it seems like they got to be pretty deep, right? They got to be like, so I would probably take, if you could get, so I, I mentioned Warinsky, I mentioned, um, I can never remember the other guy off the top of my head, uh, Hickok. If you can, if you can go there, then I would probably go. Oh, this is so ugly. I would probably go Streb. Streb can pop. Saw him win a couple of starts ago. He's had a couple of good finishes here, and I would probably go. I, I do not advocate taking this strategy, by the way. Um, Maybe Will Gordon. Damn, that feels dirty. Uh, Sung Kang's played well here. I don't even know if I could find four guys down here. These these guys all stink. Uh, I would probably go Streb and Gordon to round it out, and I would absolutely hate it. Is there a way to look up best bent putters on the site? Yeah, of course. Holy grail. Go check it out. Um, thoughts on Spieth or Kokrak? Spieth and Kokrak. I think if you're going to play Spieth, it has to be off of a long break and hope 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 he figured it out. Uh, if he can ha find some of that short game magic, it'll probably come in handy. The, oh boy. Um, Kokrak has played well here before, uh, I believe. Let me pull up Jason Kokrak here. He's a long hitter. Most people don't realize that. He's Yeah, he's got three top 25s in the last four years. I'd be okay with that. That's fine. $7,700. That's probably... Somebody asked about pivots in the off of Gary Woodland. That's probably the better pivot. Is this golf? 
Is it? What is what is life? I don't know. Um, hey, Brandon. With your course key stats, I hear you say putting is the most important stat this week. However, it looks like approach is the most correlated. Can you help me understand? I can try. Where is where is approach more correlated? Not from my stuff. So it must be it must be somebody else. I I can tell you how I do my stats, and I can tell you how some of the industry does it. And I think it's a bad idea. Uh, people will look at past results and they will say, "Oh wow, this guy uh, led the field in strokes gained approach. Uh, that must mean it's important here." Of course, the guy who like leads in strokes gained approach or leads in strokes gained putting is going to have a good week. I think that's a really bad way to look at it. Uh, I look at it from a holistic player type uh, and build out molds and models of golfers and see what their skill sets are and compare them to courses that they have success at. I think I do it better. I don't know where it says that strokes gained approach is more is more correlated. I would argue it is not. Um, Bernie, first of all, thank you for the super chat. Much appreciated. First of all, here's Kevin. I finally got to his, his message. Kevin, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Bernie, can we get strokes gained? Oh boy. Strokes gained draft Kings dollar column. So let me, let me make sure I get this right. So would that be dollar per stroke gain or stroke gain strokes gained per dollar? So you're trying to find a value number to associate with strokes gained. Let me write it down. I have my sheet right here. Strokes gained DK. Let me see what I can do. Appreciate the support. I'll do my best. Uh, who's my favorite jock market play this week? Scott. So this is going to get very fluid over the course of um, over the the evening, right? As as this stuff gets going. I I I actually had a little hunch about Charles Howe the third, right? You know, just the really good course history. He missed the cut last week. I think people might forget about him a little bit. Um, this, this, I think again, I'll check out what the, what the numbers are later in the evening as we get closer to IPO. But, uh, yeah, Scott, that's where I'm going. Is Zalatoris a good three ball? Uh, I don't know who else is in his group, but there is, there is a contingent of people out there who think Will Zalatoris is a top 25 player. He might be, uh, he's very good. Bolton said the winner has played the South course day one, the last seven years. I thought it was the North course the last seven years. I would have to go look this up. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the opposite. I'm pretty sure they played the North course first. Um, I've answered a lot of these. Uh, okay. This is, I don't know if I understand this question. So there was someone on Twitter who tweeted, this is an event to place most of your bets after round one thoughts. I don't know. I guess that I don't know what the theory is. Maybe. Oh, I don't know what the theory is. If you're, if you're only going to bet guys that played the South course first and then bet them after round one, that would be the only thing that I guess would make sense. You could probably flip that and say, actually, I guess it goes both ways, but that's the only thing that I, I don't, that's the only thing that I would, that I would understand. Uh, Matthew, why is zero talk about Patrick Reed? Good question. Uh, a lot of people don't like him. I actually think that uh, between him and Xander at the bottom of the, of the 10 K range coming in at 12% ownership, Reed is, uh, and I, I, I mentioned him in terms of first round leader. You know, I think it's, I think he is interesting. He can get that butter hot. Um, he's had success around here. I, I don't mind that at all. You know what? He might, maybe, he, maybe he ends up in my, uh, in my single entry lineup. Gim Hickok Clark part. Oh, pick two. I thought it was part two. Like just run these guys back out there. Uh, Hickok and Gim probably reader Sung Jay. Wow. Um, probably read. And I love Sung Jay so much. Any Finau, any love for Finau? Normal amount. Normal amount of love. Hey, Rick, new subscriber. Thank you very much. Thoughts on starting a lineup and including Hovland this week? Yeah, so uh, I actually wrote about, and this this could have answered TJ's question um, earlier. The I really l- love the skill set for, for Hovland off the tee and on approach, right? He's one of the best ball strikers on tour. The problem is, you're going to miss a lot of greens around here. 
And his short game's not good. It's getting better, but it's not good. And you can get some really, really awkward spots out there uh, where the rough is thick and you're short-sided and you're in the greens, you know, three feet, uh, three feet above your, of your, of your ball and stuff like that. So it's a real test. Um, I'm lukewarm on him. I, I love him long-term lukewarm on him this week. How do you feel about investing in jock market, the company? If they would let me, I would. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, seriously, like, like what they're trying to do has been, it's been attempted by others poorly. Uh, what jock market's doing is much, it's the best executed version of, of, of stock market sports I've ever seen. So I would, if, if they were taking investments and I had the cash, I would, I would do it. I don't think they are. Um, Rick, I was 18th in a big $5 tourney on DraftKings. Let me know who will help me win the funding for my new home. No pressure. Billy Horschel. Thoughts on Harris English outright and one and done. Don't hate it. Um, all right. Five minutes to go. Maybe I'll do a little overtime. Just whatever you want in the chat. Let's go. Do you think Ben Ann can keep the driver and irons rolling two weeks in a row? Yes. That's what he's good at, but putting is always scary. Ownership looks good. Yeah. Ben Ann's on brand, right? Driver, irons, those are going to be great. Putting is going to be the struggles. I think putting is more important here, and I think Ben on struggles. Thoughts on Billy Horschel? Just mentioned it. Billy Horschel is, I'm glad I got the opportunity to talk about this. A couple of top 10s coming in, right? Seventh at the Sony, fifth at Mayakoba. He's got two top 10s here. He's got um, one of my favorite moments in the wind here at Torrey Pines. Like this is a guy who gets hot, who rolls the rock, who grinds for four rounds. Uh, he's a really good DFF. Like some guys, if they're out of it on Thursday, punt it to the weekend or punt it to next week. Not Billy Horschel. He gives you four, four rounds of grind. <clears throat> Adam Scott and DraftKings. I'm slightly below positive on that. I think it's I think it's slightly bad, but I don't hate it. Why did we see Hoffman withdraw last week? I think he hurt his back, right? I think he tweaked his back and withdrew. Pretty sure that was the reason. Um, I actually do like Will Zalatoris this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're we don't know a lot about him, right? Like that's the crazy part is we know what he did on the corn fairy tour and he was dominant. We don't know a lot about the shot link stuff. Some of the shot link stuff that we do have, it's very small samples. Uh, he's, he's, he's phenomenal in a very small sample size. I think that we are going to continue to learn more and more about him. There is a chance he's the, the 25th ranked player in the world. There is a chance he's the 125th ranked player in the world. We're going to find out pretty quickly. Thoughts on top Aussie. I think I ranked them day Smith, although Smith is gaining Smith's getting close for me. Uh, Scott Leishman is the way that I did it. Um, how long? <laughs> uh, how long do you think it's guaranteed? Two thousand dollars text gets watered down to forty dollars jock market gift cards. Uh, hey, jock market gift cards. I wonder if those exist. Those would be those would be pretty good. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, honestly, the, the vaccinations are, uh, I actually think, I don't know the numbers, right. But, but anecdotally, which is something I usually don't dive into. I dive into the data. It's like people that I know, family members, like they're getting closer and closer to the vaccine faster than I thought, which I guess is a good thing. I don't know if that is nationwide. I don't know if that is just state by state, but, uh, and it's of course all anecdotes, which I usually just completely disregard. What does the Holy Grail say about Tyler McCumber? Ooh, a Tyler McCumber sighting. Let's pull it up. Tyler, what do you want to do? By tournament? Let's do by tournament. Tyler McCumber. He had like a two-tournament stretch I think was pretty good. Uh, here's what it says. Very bad putter. <laughs> uh, off the tee was good last week at the American Express. That's three rounds. Putting was good. This is terrifying, right? If you're going to lose constantly on approach, you are behind the eight ball from the onset. That is very, very difficult to come back from. Does HV3 make a splash this week? I'm actually on record. Uh, we did this, I think, on First Cut, CBS Sports Podcast, uh, before the year started. And I think he was the guy that I chose to be, who is currently outside the top 100 in the world, who could move into like the top 25 or something like that. The skill set's there. He just has to rip the Band-Aid win, and maybe it's a floodgate situation, but from T to green, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, 
your strategy and picks are wavering from others I've heard. Do you have more insight playing the course that they don't? Maybe. I mean, I've I've played this course a lot, both of them. I'm uh, not only that, but I mean, the data is very, very strong on these courses. I, I might have a lot more conviction about the course this week because my models are very strong on it and, and we have a lot of great data from it. And maybe because I've played there and I know what it's like to try to gouge a wedge out of, out of that rough. Maybe that is a, a, a bit of it, but I feel like we've had really good insight from myself, from Mark Immelman, who's on the first cup pod, who's working the tournament this week. He's down there. He's been there every year. Like I feel really strong and really confident about this event, probably more than any other event um, that like, I generally know the conditions and what's, what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm confident this week. Boom. Joe's here. Joe's going to be here at 815 this evening uh, for the power hour, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. New setup, new studio. Got a little depth, camera depth here. Got a little new cam, little lighting, you know, trying to figure this out, trying to figure it all out. Sleeper one and done picks. Um, Horschel. <laughs> That's now just been my response to like two of these same exact questions. Um, Mackenzie Hughes would be the other. <clears throat> I heard a rumor. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Uh, Xander said in an interview yesterday that he feels the pressure of being at home with more responsibilities. Yeah. Okay. Um, also getting sick every January is why he's missed cuts here. Uh, wasn't he sick again this January? So I don't know if that would be enough to change my mind. Um, uh, I, I don't know. No, it's not enough to change my mind. I'm just going to just bite the bullet and stay away from Xander and, cry myself to sleep on Sunday evening. Um, do you have an opinion on bankroll management this week? We're in overtime, but that's okay. I'll, I'll try to rock through some of these. Um, on bankroll management this week. So I, I guess I would say, uh, oh, 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 because you have NFL guys. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. So waste management is usually a very fishy week, right? Because you get a lot of people playing Super Bowl stuff and then trying to chase it or, or whatever in like Sunday showdowns uh, or they deposit Super Bowl week and then they get in contests and stuff like that. Um, I don't have much of an opinion this week. I don't know how many people are popping on just to play the pro bowl. <laughs> I didn't even know it was the pro bowl this week. So I don't, I don't know how many people are doing that, but in general, my bankroll management week to week is exactly the same I, outside of match play or something. I think I have a really big edge. I, I don't touch it. Rom is already $9 and nine cents on jock market. Ooh, it's going to be expensive. Uh, do you check the ownership percentages after the round starts? Yeah, of course. Uh, do they generally stay the same or two? No, uh, luckily we've been pretty good. You know, the, the, um, the community has gotten a lot better at projecting ownership over the years. Uh, I'm actually what I'm, what I'm now building into the tools on, on rickrungood.com is historic ownership and all that stuff. So hopefully we'll have a better data backed answer for that, Connor. But yeah, it's, it's pretty slick. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll round these out here. Um, Let's see. These are, I've answered all of these, which is good, which is good. EVR thoughts. Yeah, no, not really. EVR is a great player. Hasn't been able to translate that success as much over here on, on the PGA tour, but I think he will soon. Do you pick golfers based on course? Yes. Um, I may be misunderstanding course key stats if approach is 0.199 and putting is 0.93 as far as value isn't approach more correlated. Let me just see what you're talking about here. Um, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, this is very confusing. So let me clear this up. So this, this is a good question. We should end on, we, we can end on this. Okay, so here's what's going on. Let me show you this. Um, boom. Okay, so what this question is referencing from Brandon is the value of strokes game putting correlation is 0.093. Approach is 0.19. So the value is more for approach. That is correct. However, I rank them based on the other courses on the PGA Tour. So what this really reads is there are only 13 courses where putting is more correlated than Tory Pines because in general putting is a very uncorrelated uh stat. If if you were looking at 
strokes gain approach, you know, and just using the value every single week, it would be the top, it might be the top, uh, it might be the top correlated stat just because it's that important. Of course it is. But I tried to use the ranks looking at all the courses to say, is putting more important here or there or over there or whatever. So that is the confusion. I hope that clears it up. Uh, that is a very good question. That'll do it. A couple extra minutes of overtime on this live chat. On your way out, hit the like button. It goes a long way for me. Join me and Joe tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time right here. You already found this spot once. Come find it again at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time for the Jock Market Power Hour. Download the app. Support them. Support everybody else in the industry. Be safe. Good luck this week.